My name is Jason McKeats, and I am the owner of Fitco, and we listen to SME Stories Podcast. You are now listening to the next great small business podcast. Welcome to the SME Stories Podcast, where it is all about small businesses in Canada. And here's your host, Ken Alfred. Thanks, everybody, for downloading the show. We have a great episode today with Jason Batiste. Jason is the owner, coach, trainer, and instructor of Fitco with his son, Kian, who is also a coach and instructor. His background, he's a former Canadian super middleweight kickboxing champion, retired from injury at the age of 31 from competitive fighting and turned to training. I trained with Jason about 15, 20 years ago. I did privates with him as well as he was actually my instructor when I wanted to teach kickboxing. With over 30 years of kickboxing history, Jason has a lot of experience in and out of the ring. He conducts courses for Fitness Kickboxing Canada as well as teaching certification courses and workshops. FIT, F-I-I-T, is fight-inspired interval training. It's a unique training system designed to optimize the champion within. It was created for all levels of fitness, and the program uses the same highly effective physical and mental training systems that turn ordinary fighters into world-class athletes. FIT will challenge your physical and mental limits. You'll achieve results like champion fighters, while competing with no one but yourself. With a focus on several fitness components, balance, speed, strength, stamina, agility, flexibility, and coordination, this full-body system will push you to adapt, overcome, and conquer every aspect of your life. My favorite quote from Jason regarding exercise machines, we don't use machines, we are machines. He is a father, entrepreneur, who has countless stories that you're going to love. So sit back and absorb. All right, we have Jason with us from Fitco. So, good morning or good afternoon, Jason. How are you doing, my friend? You guys, how are you doing, Ken? How are you doing today? I am doing well. So, Fitco, what is your story? With Fitco? Yeah. It is, well, what we do here is HIT training, H-I-T, mixed with actual combat. So, I used to say, people say, what kind of training do you do here? We used to say, Hit mixed with fighting. When we put it together, we came up with fit, F-I-I-T, which means fight-inspired interval training. Mm-hmm. It's the same as hit training, but more fight-inspired. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> I, that's great. And so I think you guys offer, like you run a studio right now, and I think I believe it's in Toronto, which is very popular in the downtown area. And so what, so what kind of services do you guys offer? We do classes. We do personal training one-on-one. We've done but now we're getting into teams, across teams and hockey teams and sports teams. It's a thing. I, I tell the kids in hockey, hockey is the, what we do in fighting is there's no plan B. So if you play hockey, you go up there and play hockey, you get tired, you go off to the bench, you, your friend comes out and replaces you. But in fighting, you can't do that. You get tired, you got to dig deep and keep going. So I think fighter training teaches these kids to, to dig deeper and give more because when you go into a fight, you if you slow down, they pick up. If you stop, they just take over. So there's no slowing down. There's no stopping. Whereas in hockey, if you get tired, you can go off. Someone replaces you, and the team stays strong. Yeah, or any other team sport. Right? It's not just related to really the hockey, right? It's the same sport. thing. No, any other team sport, you're going to have your, your, your brother supporting mm-hmm. It's you. It's individually. Yeah. I have seen some weird competitions where they tried to do some MMA tag team thing, which just looks kind of, I don't really, I don't know if you've seen those videos, Jason. It's a, it's a cluster. I'm just going to basically tell you, it's very interesting to see because then you're, I think it's almost like two on two. So it's, and you can swap in between and I might be wrong all about this. 
It's, Only when I've seen out recently is that bare knuckle one. Yes, I heard the bare knuckle one too. And I think it's not purely bare knuckle. They do wrap it just a little bit. There's a little bit of layer, but they're not uh, putting in an actual cushion. Like there's no glove, whether it's a, a boxing glove or an MMA glove. It's, you it's know, a it, yeah, it's pretty much. So I assume there's going to be a lot of broken hands from <laughs> that. Just so the listeners know that you're not endorsing bare knuckle fighting for the people who no. are coming to your class. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just for, <laughs> I know you're not. So how did this whole thing get started then, Jason? Hey, I, don't, I, I, I was fighting. I fought until about the age of 31. And I broke my head in the fight. And I just started to get into teaching. I'm staying in the fighting game, but just started training other people. And started realizing that the average person who wants to train like a fighter without getting hit, some people don't want to spar. Some people don't want to get hit. Some people want to just train like a fighter, get the same benefits of training like a fighter, but without getting the broken noses, bleeding noses, black eyes and stuff. You can go to work the next day feeling good. No, and, and that's great. And and just so disclaimer to the, to the audience as well, that Jason actually used to be my kickboxing trainer probably 15, 20 years ago. That was, yeah, about 15, 15, 15 years, 20 20 years ago. 15, 20 years ago. But yeah. I did privates with Jason and yeah. it, it was awesome. And the funny thing too, because the listeners know about my story in the fitness industry. So aside from me training with Jason, he actually conducted the training course that I got certified in so I can teach kickboxing. So he's been doing this and I can attest his ability of how good of a coach and trainer he is and how fun his courses are. So if you actually really are interested in becoming or learning about it, definitely we'll put it in the show notes for all the ways you can contact Jason I to get them involved. It. Yeah, it's yeah. been a lot of time. You're getting a family-run business. And so I, I joined when I was 18. When I was 18, I started fighting at 20 to the age of about 31, fought pro. And then I still I loved it, so I still wanted to stay into it, but I didn't want to compete anymore. But I, I actually, I consider myself, I was a, good fighter, but I want to be a great teacher. That, and that's really good to hear too, because I think it's always usually one or the other, but if you don't have a little bit of a combination of the two, you'll lack in one or the other. But I think that's what your approach is so good is that you can really speak to the in-ring component of it, but then also getting people ready for it, whether that's their goal or not, but just to motivate them and to keep the going, because you've been doing this a while. And I'm sure the churn rate in the fitness industry can probably be very, very quick, right? Because if I think for a lot of people who get in the industry, or the fitness industry in general, a lot of it is usually they want to help people, right? That's That was kind of like the main goal for a lot of people. The people that want to help people make the best trainers. Yeah, and that's, what, that's you're, why. You're going to do it just to make money. That's, that's not good. Like if you, like when I'm training people, I don't look at the clock. I don't even consider it work. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's just. And that's why I enjoyed it so much when we were doing it together. And then, and I'll make this other side story. My wife, Mrs. K, actually did do one session with us. I don't know if you remember this, Jason. But what? Before you got married. Yes, my wife. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember bringing her into one of our sessions and we were, I was hitting pads with you. And then one of the things that you like to do for, at least for us, I'm not sure if you do it anymore, but I'm sure you probably do. Is sometimes you do some light sparring with your clients just to work on a few things. Back to the funny story. So it's just light sparring. And then my wife, she studies Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Right. So she is not by nature a striker or one that likes to punch and kick. Well, at least in technically, she'll still punch and kick me, but that's not <laughs> really the story here. But I remember she was sparring with you and this is kickboxing, right? So she had her shin guards on and boxing gloves. And I guess she had you and, you know, Jason will let you, will give you confidence thinking that you're actually better than you really are. So he'll start <laughs> defending. And I remember there was a call that she actually got you into the corner. 
and you stuck your knee up because this is kickboxing sparring, right? So you're covering up your let your let. I'm visualizing. I'm showing this, but you can't see it on camera here. But put your hands are up, your knee is up because it's kickboxing. And my wife, who's not naturally a striker, saw your leg and she actually punched down onto your leg, which I have never seen in kickboxing at all. And I think I remember this story. I know you may not remember this, but you actually had to stop the session there because you were laughing your head off because you said you've sparred hundreds of people, thousands of rounds. No one has ever punched you in the thigh. And remember, we're all wearing boxing gloves at this point. So it's not like it was bare knuckle or she used her elbow strike. No, she punched a padded glove onto one of the strongest parts of the body, which is his leg. And then. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So b- back to the, some of the questions here. So we got how it started. And you guys run your business like an operation, right? You said the way you run your business, you said you have classes, one-on-one and everything like that. So it's a very, I assume, lucrative business. So in terms of, uh, maybe you could just give some generalities here. Based on how busy you are now, like where do you see, I guess, your company now, maybe in the next year or maybe expansion or anything like that? What do you guys, how do you see it? Right now, it's just in my son teaching here. So it's only, you know, the father and son. Our our expansion for growth is to get new trainings and then teach them our style of what we do and expand from there. Oh, wow. So maybe more like a franchise or more like uh, maybe opening up another office and then... uh, Duplicate, at least duplicate. Yeah. But we got what we got to do is you got to teach people how to teach a certain style because every gym has a certain style where they're teaching, and you can tell by their students where which basically which gym they come from. That's what we want to do here. We 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 develop our own in-house certification. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, just when people come in, they can teach the way what they can teach exactly the style that we teach here. I guess for someone who wants to get involved in in this venture, who who may feel, and this is going to be a side question, because usually I ask very specific questions as well, is that if they wanted to get involved with you guys or do business with you guys to say, hey, I'm based in, like, I'm based in Ajax. If someone from Ajax said, hey, we like your system, can we can we run it here in Ajax? They would work with you and you would yeah, teach them the system. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, it's all about learning again. Again, that's bad. Like I said, not, it's like you in the beginning. Like, I know more than an elbow business than I did four years ago for me running this gym for four years. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I had some good, some good guys that would come here that have their own business, which you take advice from that really listen to them, but you don't understand it until you've been in the field. And that's what it is. It's all about, but it's all about learning and growing. Like, we want to duplicate this, but then we got to learn how to do that properly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not the easiest thing, like in general, to, to even start your own business. So to... So I think that's why some people looks into franchising as possible thing because they might go in, okay, I don't know how to run a, a Tim Hortons. I don't want to build my own business, but if I can, if I had a lot of money and I can just start a franchise, it's already done for me Absolutely. kind of way. But I mean, yeah, but the thing is, you want the same quality. That's the thing. And that's the quality. Uh, that's why I think when some people expand too quick, too fast, I think the, the, the quality gets watered down and. And that's a short-term thing that we're thinking long-term. We want quality. We want nothing. I want people, I, I, if someone was to open up another gym, I'd love to have someone who's been with us for years. Because mm-hmm. they, they know the system pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and that's something that's just applied. You don't know. They just applied because, they, you know. Yeah, no, that's totally reasonable. So, excellent. So, I noticed, yeah, I, on your social media stuff, 
I saw the YouTube videos you guys put out there on YouTube and I know that you have a presence on Facebook and Instagram. So how important is social media to your business? And uh, I've already mentioned some of the tools that you guys already use there, but how do you use that to really exp- I don't really use Instagram. That's my, my son, if he's still here, he, he, he does it. That's okay, yeah. But yeah, man, I think it's good to have your presence out there to show. To show that. Basically, I think it's good for advertising. I know there's a science behind running an Instagram account, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think well, what we want to show off too is the community. Yeah, absolutely. I saw the videos of the classes you guys are running, and it is very fun. It looks like a very fun experience. That's why I would tell tell people to definitely check yeah, out so your site. And we try to make. I used to I call it the Fighters Playground. The Fighters Playground. A Fighters Playground. Come here, we have fun. You know what? It, it should be called working out. It should be. I mean, what we're doing is just play. We're actually just playing. If you go to a playground, you look at kids. What they do, adults consider working out. What, ki- what kids consider play, adults consider working out. That's a really good point. So that's what we try to do here. We try to create a fighting experience. Have fun. Absolutely. So really work out. We're just playing. Yeah, no, exactly. I feel you too. Because when I used to teach, because uh, I used to teach at a few colleges in terms of kickboxing, like I said, from you guys. And I, rem- I don't remember the last time someone held pads for me. You're focused on holding, you're helping out your students or your clients, and you're focused on that. But yet, rarely does someone hold it for you. So you're like, I got my friend that comes and holds pads for me. I'm better at holding pads than I'm getting hitting pads now. Yeah, and it's okay. You've already earned your reps, man. You're a former middleweight champion. So I, I think you've you got yeah, that part going. I just thought about that the other day. That was 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. 20 years ago? Yeah. Man. Years ago. <laughs> All right. So here, we're going to tap onto the next segment here. We're going to talk about more just but just about the general industry of fitness here. So what is your opinion right now on the current fitness industry going on right now? I know we're in a COVID time right now, but... I think fitness is the new religion. I think people want to be part of communities. You've got all these little peak gyms all over Toronto. There's tons of them. You know what? They're all full. Yeah. I think people want to be part of something where they encourage each other. It's in human beings' DNA to be in a community. Yeah. Because in a community, people thrive as individuals, they survive. So yeah. that's what I think about these boutique gyms. What they're doing, they're actually creating little tribes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a really interesting point because I know for a lot of things, like for people who are in, who do certain types of physical activity in terms, within fitness, like they're, that yeah. tribal thing is very thing. Like you got like the CrossFitters that are, that, yeah. that's the kind of like their own thing. And then you got like, let's say the power <laughs> lifters and, all these different things are even like the those weightlifting clubs where they just only focus on Olympic lifts. And then, of course, you got the bodybuilding community that is also very loyal to what their stuff is. Yeah, but all at the end of the day is we're trying to improve our physical health, which is very important. And unfortunately, COVID really punched everybody in the gut for a lot of these things. And I know that the industry itself took a bit of a beating yeah. during this whole thing. And even when they tried coming back, and I'll, I'll make this story quick, is that one of my uh, one of my coworkers actually like he was a member of Good Life, and there was almost like a two week waiting period to sign up to, to book just because the demand was so high. Which you is in the Good Life down the street, I used to see lineups. You didn't. We it's have really, to move. We have to move. Well, think what it's mind, body, and soul. You've heard of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mind, body, soul. Say, it doesn't say mind, soul. Yeah. You no. have to work the body. You can't. Man, look, I know a lot of people who are very smart, but their body is uneducated. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't, like, they, they, yeah, you're smart upstairs, 
I've educated down in the body. Yeah, exactly. Right. Body and, and the mind have to talk to each other. Absolutely. And that, that that's very important. I think that's what I don't think that none of the unfortunate politicians really talked about was really the body part. I think when everyone was under lockdown, everyone had to stay, stay at their homes. You didn't really hear too many people that I think that's why the sales of Peloton and all those online services went up. But it's still not the same in the way because I've, I've always believed that the fitness industry is a hands-on industry. You know, yeah. there, there there is definitely some, there is a, a use for online, which is fine. If you can actually achieve your results that way. Online great. is, online was great during the pandemic, but it's, it's, it's not, it's impersonal. Yeah. Like, you know what, you know, like when, when I teach a class here, I feed off the energy that people bring. Yes. The energy. I, what I call it, energy. Everyone comes in, they all put in their energy, we all benefit from it. We all, that's what's, that's what's, but that's what's great about the community. We're here to boost each other. Yes. I think when people start to slow down, they look around at their friends, not, and they just keep going. It just teaches you to keep going. Yeah. And it's really important. I, I just wish they talked more about that, was to more about your physical health as well. So, there was really less of that, unfortunately, that we didn't hear in the news. They just kept... There's no money. There's no money. That's why. So it's a very unfortunate. All right, let's, let me ask you another question here. So you've been, you've been in this industry for a long time, right? And what are the common misconceptions that the average person doesn't know about the fitness industry? And especially for what you guys do, like you, you run a studio... So what are some common misconceptions of people when they, when they think, when they hear that you're running a studio or they have questions for you? What are there fitness professionals or? No, just, just, I think what the, what people who aren't in the industry don't know about the actual fitness industry. It's more specifically to what, for what operations that you guys run here, right? I'm sure because people would tell you, they think they, they have a lot of opinions on different things. And then they say, oh, so, so if you you guys do personal training, so you guys just do a lot of like bodybuilding and counting is that all you basically do and or they don't they people's lack of awareness of actually what it takes to be to succeed and to be lasting as long as you have right i think it's you got to resilience mm-hmm. perseverance and i think you're going to hit hard times i stop you're going to keep going and that's i think that's what some, some people think when you open up your business it's just all like this but it's actually like this it's up and down and ups and downs and then again, look, I use the fighter mentality to get through it, which is, man, anytime you find yourself in a stressful situation, man, don't stop. Don't even think about stop. You keep going. Have that perseverance to keep going. To find yourself in the middle of hell and don't stop. Keep going. It ends. Yeah. You know, and I think the, I think the more you survive the down slopes, the more you enjoy the high slopes. It's a really good way of thinking about it because, and I mentioned this story on a previous podcast too. I had another guest who she did, she I used to work with her at a gym, and I joked with her too about the whole idea of the industry is that people th- there's more to it than people realize. I don't think p- people just take a look at it, but when they really go through it, there's there's a lot that goes in there. You got to keep fighting, and I, I used the story before I got married to my wife, Mrs. K, and I left the uh, corporate world and I was in the fitness industry for a few years. I said this story before is that. I can guarantee people now that she did not marry me for my money <laughs> because I had no money when I was in the fitness industry at the, in the beginning, because it's true. And you have to persevere through that because some people think it, it's not your typical job where you get a salary. You know how much you're going to be making. Yeah. You, you got to hustle. You actually you have to hustle. You don't, you don't need. 
Exactly. Right. And that's what some people forget about it. They think, oh, these guys must be on salary. No, we're not on salary. Maybe some studios might be, but for a lot of it, it's like you're getting paid either by class or per training session or whatever. And if you're lucky to get a salary, that's great. I haven't been in the industry in a while, but I'm hopeful that they're slowly moving towards that in some places. But admin people that get. Oh, the admin people? Salary, right? I think trainers are paid per hour. For one. I've never seen a trainer on salary before. It's always per class, per person. Yeah. No, I mean, so, yeah, I think you've got to hustle. I think you've got to have delayed gratification. Instant gratification is enjoy it now. Like, you know, I think delayed gratification, you're going to give up some things. Mm-hmm. You get up early. Maybe you got to give up staying late. You, maybe not just go to the extra party or or whatever, you're going to sacrifice. That's what I'm saying about instant gratification is stay up late, watch the TV instead of getting up early in the morning. Like I know a lot of trainers that still won't, they still won't start at six in the morning. Yeah. With a huge, there's a huge clientele base that wants to start at six in the morning. Yeah. That's, I used to, my, my earliest session was one time training a client at 5 a.m. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I start at six, but I guarantee I have a few people that would come in at five. <laughs> yeah. And it, if it's not easy, but at the same time, it's like you said, if you got to hustle to get your name out there. So back to these other questions. And so out of all your time in the industry there, what has been your biggest failure, but also what has been your biggest success? Man, I don't know. I just need to take chance. Take chance, just hop in and deal with it. Like it's the same thing as my opening up a business is with success and failure because man, there's times that you feel like this is not worth it. And there's times it is. Then you plow through. I don't, know, I don't know if you can, one day drop by, you'll see the gym we have today compared to where we started. Yeah. Well, uh, definitely I want to try to come by and at least to visit and maybe even try a class or two, but No, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. But I don't think there's any mistakes. I think I've learned from all my mistakes. I am where I am because of my state mistakes. And if you watch any, if, if I've watched podcasts on successful people that say, man, if you make a mistake, learn from it, deal with it, and move on. Yeah, not to dwell. And not to dwell on it, not to dwell on it, because the more you, we will save the energy to move forward, not to sit there and worry about the past. So that's what I say right. about mistakes. And I say, man, when I, I say hop in and deal with stuff, just deal with it as it comes. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I did in fighting. You hop in, you train for the fight, but you hop in, you deal with it as it comes, as it unfolds. It's a very dynamic experience. It's not structured in a way, which is good. No, to, and I think that's what you have to do. You have to roll with the punches. And I think what, what, what COVID did was make us stronger. Uh-huh. Especially the industry, those, because I think there was, a, there was a, unfortunately, a lot of um, gyms that did close, that didn't survive, but you guys have persevered. And there's been, I think the the demand is definitely going to go up right now. The things are slowly starting to open up oh, more. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think, well, again, perseverance. Yeah. Perseverance. It's basically, how bad do you want it? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Yeah, absolutely. So here, I'm going to jump trends into the next set. Now, these are more for people who, let's say, they want to try to get into the same industry or wants to pick your brain on certain no, no. things. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So now these questions are more related to if someone wants to get in or if they're currently running their operation and they want to say, you've been running this, you've been running your business for a while and it's really successful. So question number one. Should I diversify my service offerings if I want to try to bring in more people or should I stay very niche? So, um, well, we stay niche. Like I got my, we got our niche, it's the combat, right? So mm-hmm. 
I think, well, that, and look, I was at Fair and there was 10 trainers. And so let's say nine of them do weightlifting and one of them does what I do. And again, that's what I think about niche. I think, what man, I think come up with your own style, be creative, be, don't regurgitate things, come up with your, your own things. Really stand, make yourself stand out. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I think that's what makes us the difference is because well, there's lots of gems around here, but the majority of them do weightlifting. There's, there's only one of us. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Because there are some people that they like the machine, they like the, and that's great. But that's not the target market that you're looking for. You're looking for the people who want to do more, you know, or dynamic movements and, and all these other things. Maybe fight-specific training, like they're big fans of combat sports and they just like to see it. And I remember when UFC was very popular, when I used to watch UFC a lot in the past, it was always like you'd watch these one-hour specials and you see them training and getting hyping up a fight and then you just feel wow that'd be cool to maybe not like you said get hit but at least to feel like exactly training and what i use it also boosts confidence oh yeah absolutely with the the training here is this yeah you know what what i say i say kick ass you know what the byproduct of kicking ass is looking good yeah (laughs) if you go to those gyms and they train to look good which is no good yeah i think you like Man, you got to have, again, mind, body, and soul. you got to have a fit body, but you got to have a sound mind. And I think that's what the fighting training does. It makes you fit, but it also makes you feel confident. Yeah. and That's the difference. And you taught me so well when I did the course that when I, I remember when I used to teach at, at Seneca College, I would say to all the students who came in on the first day, and I'm only, this is only like, what, a one-hour class, maybe once a week that I taught, and I taught there for several yeah. years, is that in September, I said, okay, I think there's like 16 weeks until the holidays so I said, okay, in September, first class, you, this is a 16-week fight camp. We're getting you ready yeah. for a fight. Now, obviously, they're not actually going to be fighting because no, we're in a college. That's the way it should be done. That's yeah, but you treat it like that. You, so I treat it like that. Experience. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun, and that's why I, I do miss it once in a while. But So here, let me just get to the next question there. So if someone wants to get into, let's say, the personal training space in the niche of, let's say, of what, what you guys are doing, do I need to have combat experience or do i need to be a fighter in order to really run a successful studio or can i you know well, you know, I, I think it could tell but just to have some knowledge on it to know basic punches and basic kicks and maybe basic stats mm-hmm. but man i think it's motivation i think the fighter training we teach here is a lot of motivation and that's what fighting did for me mm-hmm. so I, I think that's a People train for the train to be motivated. Yeah, they need that motivation. That's I don't train at eighty twenty. It's if you're f- physical is twenty percent, mental is eighty percent, and I think that's what we do here. We push people mentally. We push them past their thresholds. I say every time they walk up the stairs, they should be different. They should be better every time they leave. Just even a little bit better than before. A little bit. You have to evolve every time you train. That's what I learned in fighting. You have to evolve. Every time you train, you have to be a bit better. If you're not, someone else is to get your, to kick your ass. Yeah. Say that. For every minute you're not training, someone else is to kick your ass. Yeah. That's what life is. Think what life is. Life, as soon as you slow down, they pick up. As soon as you stop, they take over. Absolutely. and But that's like then like any job that anyone has, if they start to slow down on it, someone else will start to pick up. They stop, they'll take over. Yeah, they'll get the promotion that you wanted. Exactly. Anything like that. Or, 
Yeah. No, that, that's great. All right. So next question. So, all right. What should be the first piece of, I'd say, fitness equipment I should buy for my business? Let's say they, they made the decision they're going to start and they go to you, Jason, what should I get first? For our business, buy yeah. your own boxing gloves and hand wraps. That's all you need. Boxing gloves and hand wraps. Go for that's, 75 bucks. That's it. Maybe even a fair pair of focus pads or something if you want it. Or you can actually not really, because you can really just use your hands, especially depending on the type of finish. If you have it, if it's focus pad, you're going to part. Yeah. Oh, so I meant, yeah. So that, yeah. So this is more for, I'm going to start my own business, Jason. So what should I need? What should be the first thing I get to start training with clients? For what we do? Yeah. So you're. Pick up a pair of focus pads. A there pair you of, go. Maybe a few pairs of boxing gloves. Maybe a skipping rope. Mm-hmm. Maybe an agility ladder, maybe a med ball, maybe some light dumbbells. That's all you need. Yeah. So you don't need that $1,000 lap pull-down machine or anything like that. And and what, what the funny thing, too, is that if you guys get a chance to check his site, and like I said, I fully expect you guys to check his site out. One of the quotes that he had on his site is that we don't use machines, we are machines. And I think that's going to be a, a great uh, methodology. I love that phrase. I'm definitely going to be putting I, I, it on there. I, I was at a... I was at a, I was, we traded at a CrossFit gym in Mexico. I saw that in the wall, and I thought that was I thought it was just pretty badass. To say. Yeah, we don't use machines; we are machines. See? That's great. You know, body, your body, your body. You see, your body is your temple. Absolutely, absolutely, it is. So, all right, next question here. Sure. Um, did you have to get any special insurance to start? Because I guess some people think, okay, I want to start, you know, running these sessions, and obviously, we're not insurance agents, so we can't say. You, well, need, you, have uh, you have to be certified yes. by some sanctioning body to get insurance and just say, just to say that you've taken some course or mm-hmm. that's about it. It's, it's like going for your driving test. It's better that you take driving school before going. Absolutely. So yeah, so we definitely say, yeah, you definitely will need some type of insurance. Yeah. Make, sure you are, make sure you are certified and you're recognized. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, of course, whoever, whatever specific clauses that you need to get put into your insurance policy, just make sure it's you're talking well, to someone competent. Yeah, if there's any sparring, like how much or any contact at all. Yeah, those the type of things. If there's going to be sparring, if there's going to be contact, is there going to be like you training outside, right? Because you never that could be another risk as opposed to it could be worth asking about signs of how well your studio is maintained, so there's no chance of people getting hurt. So, when it comes to actually running a class. Mm-hmm. What are the warning signs that a trainer should have while they're conducting the class? Warning signs. Um, yeah. So they're running a class right now. And because uh, let's say someone who wants to, they want to run classes. You can read a manual on it, but I guess from your practical experience, is there anything that you've seen while you're conducting classes where you can see your students are either pushing way too hard or not pushing hard enough? Yeah, so you know when to motivate. You have to. You got to know how to read people. That's another thing. You've got to know how to read people. That's what they meant. That's another thing I learned from fighting. How to read people. You can tell when someone's actually put going 100%. You can tell when they're going 50%. Mm-hmm. And we tell the classes, well, the, the magical formula to getting results is, it's what you put in, it's what you get out. You come up here, you train at 50%, that's all you leave it with. You know, and you, you give uh, 75, that's you get a 75, is what you leave with. You give 100, you get one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you should be able to, that's what funny taught me too, is to read body language. You can tell when someone's giving it their all or just like half-assing it. Exactly. And that's what you don't want as well, because that that's always very challenging when you see it. So what about for those, what is, so the next question I have is, 
What is the best strategy when you have to deal with clients who, who don't pay? Who don't what? Who don't pay. Yeah. So <laughs> don't train them. Don't train them. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I just, you know what it is? It's, if someone doesn't pay, I just, I don't bother with them. Just let them be, let them go with them. I don't want to deal with that stuff and just move on. Again, I don't waste time and energy worrying about negative people, man. People that don't pay, people don't think you don't want your life. You don't need That's them. Anymore. Exactly. You know, if anything, they're going to bring you down. There's, I mean, there's a lot of good people. I'd rather gravitate towards the good people than the bad. I mean, there's people that I've, I forgot about that they owe me money and they just come up and just give it to me. Those are the people I want to be around. These people for money. Mm-hmm. Is that a good feeling? Is that a good feeling asking for money? Yeah, I don't need people like that in my life. No, that's perfect. It is interesting to see because I think that's what some people are worried about. Because like I said, for most people in the industry, they, their goal is to just help. They don't really go in there to, like you said, to make yeah, a, sure. a crap load of money. They, I guess they feel that if you're trying to sell anything to them, you, they feel like the used car salesman. That, so they're not very uncomfortable with it because they're like, we just want to help people get better. We don't. There, I'm sure there's some trainers that. Well, you help people get better too. This, I listen, I believe in anyone that wants to get into the industry, live the part. Live the part. Live it. Live it. You can't, there's no way you should be teaching health and fitness if you live an unhealthy life. Absolutely. But anyone can read a book, but to live it is a different story. It's hard. It's easy to read the book on health and fitness. It's applying it is the other part, the hard yeah. part. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. So now more of the personal side of the, of this now. Perfect. So what is your general story just uh, outside of the fight game? What do you mean? My story? Your, your personal story. What is Jason Batista's story? <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, but outside the fight game, with that, that's my whole life. My, I guess the majority of my life has been the fight game. I joined at 18. Mm-hmm. I played hockey until about 16. I quit at 16, gained some weight from <laughs> 17 to 18 because I really wasn't doing anything, hanging out, doing nothing. This guy's shit. Joined fighting at, at kickboxing at 18. And then, it was, it, it, it's, it was a better path than sitting around doing nothing, hanging around with uh, guys going nowhere. And, and I was there for at the same gym. I'm still part of the same gym. I still go to the same functions and stuff. But yeah, I've been there since 18. I'm 50 now. I'm yeah. 50 in April. I'm turning 51 this April. Wow. Yeah, I've been, I've been there a long time. Yeah, no, it's great. So, excellent. So, what has been, what's been the funniest, uh, I guess, business owner story you've had running this for so long? I don't know. I don't know. I guess the, here I go, the New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. I was in a course one day. I was in a course one day, and they were talking about New Year's resolutions, how the, I think they, I think it was three weeks. Mm-hmm. It was January 21st. Most resolutions last three weeks till January 21st. And just hearing the stories, people coming up. I was, when I was asked the same thing, like, you want results? What are you willing to do? Oh, whatever it takes. Okay, sure. You know, they, they, you see them like two weeks are gone. Two weeks they're gone. Yes. You know, it's, I don't know. The story is like people, I see, come up and do it. Don't talk about it. Do it. You know? Yeah. It's, well, it's easy to make a New Year's resolution on, New Year's Eve, drinking and partying and smoking and stuff. 
it's hard to apply it January 1st. Exactly. When you actually have to put in the work, like you said, it's not, yeah. everything looks good on paper or on your phone, whatever you want to describe it. I think we all have to put in the work. I think that's what we're, I think as a society, we've lost our fire or our perseverance. Yeah. You know, I think if anything gets a bit too hard, how people quit. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I, and I'll tell you one, one funny story I had was, I don't know if you've had this in the past where you're training a client and they're almost trying to tell you how they should be trained. Yeah. <laughs> because I've had this one client where they, they were trying to tell me we're doing a session and, and they're trying to say, oh, this is how we should train. I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, so I'm thinking, why did you hire me? Yeah, exactly. Why because, did you get Yes, because clearly what you're advising me to teach you is working because that's what you were doing yourself. That's why you came and con contacted me in the first place. So I always find that kind of funny where they tell you how that they sh it should be trained. Because if, if it was working the way they thought, you wouldn't need me and you nope. wouldn't be in the, in the physical shape that you're in now, right? I don't know why they would want someone, a trainer there, just to tell them how they should be worked out. But I also think there's some people that are educated and there's some people that want to learn. Yeah. I think you can be so educated that you think you're so high up there that you can't learn from anyone, which I think is... Yeah, it's a big mistake. Good. No, of course it is. And I think you can learn from anyone. If you talk, even the homeless guy on the street, you can learn from Absolutely. Anyone. You can learn from anyone. Yeah, that that's great. Like, I think that you brought up a really good point there. So Yeah, I know lots of people that, that you can't teach them anything. They know everything. They're the know-it-alls. The know they know it alls And that's, that's an insecurity. Yeah. So I don't, I said, we don't, this, this is the thing is when you do actually come to the gym, you can see the clientele that we have here, the members here, and none of them are like that. And they're sponges. They want to learn. No, but we got a special community here. They're, they're not like that at all. There's no one here like that. We don't attract it. Mm -hmm. we, we, well, we attract people that help each other, that help each other grow, want to see each other succeed and happy for each other's success. Yeah. No, that that's a great community to have. So it's a healthy community. Excellent. So yeah, let me just ask one more personal kind of question. So sure. you're always yeah. working, working, working. How do you balance? What is your work-life balancing act right now? I'm not good. You're not. <laughs> I, 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 work, I, mean, I do trades. I run out. I run out a lot. That's I'm 50 now, so yeah. I'm not, not as terrible as I used to be. But sleep. I got to manage sleep. I probably I got to drink. I probably drink too much caffeine. Oh, you need to maintain that energy if you're running. I love what I do so much. I could be dead tired, but when a class starts, I'm energized. And after the class, I'm done. Yeah. You put yourself out there and you just give yeah. them everything you got. That's I love you know, But the thing is, I love I love what we do here. So, yeah. hey, you know, when you love what you do, it, you overcome the tiredness. Yeah. You find yeah. ways to push, like you said, persevere. Like you said, running a class, doing a session, even if you're redlining your energy level. But like you said, the minute it starts, it's almost like something wakes you up and you're like, yep. Of course it is. Sometimes life is too good to sleep. That's interesting. That's what it is. It's not like I, I can't sleep because I'm stressed out. I can't because I'm excited about it's just Like I love weekend classes. I can't wait to get up Saturday morning, come teach the classes on Saturday morning because the energy is different. Yeah. It's almost oh. like people that work out on Saturday, they know they're not going to work. Like you got the morning classes during the yeah. week at 6 a.m. You know, everyone's going to work the next day. But the energy is just a bit different on Saturdays. I love Saturday mornings. Wow. That's, that's really good to hear. 
All right, so I'm gonna, we're almost on all the questions. Now we're more have more of the rapid fire fun questions that we got here. All right, Jason, these are, these are just random questions I came up with, and let's see what you got here. Sure. All right, so what book, whether it's whether you read it or listen to it, have you done multiple times? A book? I mean, there's no notebook. It's probably an audio guy. Yeah, audio. audio book too. That that counts. So, what book have you heard or listened to multiple times? Well, there's Think and Grow Rich. I was listening to like not not lately. Like when mm-hmm. I first started going through COVID, I started no listening to podcasts. And when COVID first started, I thought I, I said to myself, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna make myself better, mm-hmm. get myself stronger during COVID. Not sit there and just you know do nothing, fiddle it away." But I started watching Think and Grow Rich. I like all those videos. It's like Napoleon Hill. It's just thinking yeah. differently, basically. Thank you. Excellent. Why? Because when you wake up in the morning, how you think is how your day is going to recreate. And I learned that about from all these podcasts is to think up and recreate your day in a positive way, not a negative way. And then uh-huh. to catch yourself and you're in a negative spiral to go down and get yourself to stop and yeah. learn the stuff like that. But that's, I was watching videos on that, just self-help videos. Nice. No, that, that's great. All right. Next question. What is the heaviest thing you can actually lift? What do you mean by that? It's a wide open question there, Jason. We can all lift, everyone can lift something. But what's the heaviest thing you have you can lift that maybe a lot of people maybe can't lift? And I don't know. We, uh, again, everything here is, again, we don't use machines. We are machines. They lift up another person. You can lift up another person. That's okay. That's- I'm just saying, lifting up another person is probably harder than lifting up uh, a weight because it's, it's unorthodox. It's all... It's real life, I would say. Yeah. We, we got ground and pandemics are like real, real people and you lift the throne, but they're not even. They're just. Yeah. It's just like real life. Unbalanced. Yeah. Very unbalanced. unbalanced. Yeah. All right. Next question is nowadays people have a lot of subscriptions to a lot of different things, whether it's streaming services, food delivery services, or even like something on an app. So what is the one thing, what is the one subscription that you cannot live without? I don't know. I don't have to share things. I don't know. I'm, I'm not on the computer too much, but I don't know. That's <laughs> uh, okay. And I do go on YouTube about for um, looking at different workouts and stuff from different people, just give different ideas. So I guess having not being able to see that might be something that uh, no, you have to see. You have to. So it could be YouTube. That could be something. It didn't have to be maybe a paid know, subscription. I'm a visual learner. I'm a visual learner. So I've, yeah. been, I've, been watch, I've been watching some ballet bar classes. Ballet, I mean, sorry? Ballet bar classes. You know, okay. Like, well, I mean, the, the stuff that they do in, in, in those bar classes will actually really help out just watching on Pilates. You know, I've just been watching them on YouTube and different other trainers just, just to get some different ideas. Yeah, to have that creative muscle in your head of keep course. going. Yeah, exactly. Just... Keep on learning, man. Then just never stop learning. All right. Nice. Very well themed. Last two questions there, Jason, that's on this rapid fire stuff here. If you could have dinner with someone, anyone, living or dead, who would you actually want to have dinner with? My son. Really? That's yeah. nice. I think because, man, I think he's probably like my best friend. So that's what I think we did through COVID too, is you. Man, I think when again, everything has to go through a rough patch. If you can last through the rough patches, the smooth patches are more enjoyable. I like that. I like that. 
All right, last rapid fire question here, Jason. What is your theme song? So, when you come walking into that gym, if there was a song that was going to play to signify that here comes Jason, what song would that be and why? I don't know. My my theme songs can change depending on what mood you're in, too. Sometimes, what, what songs I like, I like the songs that we played during the class that other people get energized by. Oh. So it could be a mix of something. Of course, yeah. But I don't really look for, because I don't, it doesn't have to be rock, it doesn't have to be rap, or dance, whatever you want to call it. I think what music does is whatever mood you're in during that time, you think of that song. So mm-hmm. if you do a song and then you're in a really good mood, I think every time you listen to that song, it brings back that good mood again. Right. No, that, that, that's great. That's great. I, I think when I, let's, I just had a DJ come in over the, like he's going to be making some playlists and stuff. I've been playing it for the class and they love it. I, that's, that's what I love. Even, yeah. if it's, if it's not, even if it's the music I'm not into, as long as it moves the crowd, I feed off the energy of the crowd. Wow. Uh, no, that's great. So last two questions are my friend, then we'll call it a day on these ones. Any general advice for someone who's either wants to get into the actual fitness industry or just that wants to start their own thing altogether, whether it's a side gig or anything, is there any general advice you want to give them? And start living the part first. Live the parts. Live the part first and then get into it. Like, I don't think you should be teaching other people how to live healthy if you haven't really done it yourself. Right. You should do it first. Then teach it. You know, do it do it first and see if it's for you. Yeah. Be the billboard of what yeah, you can do. Yeah, exactly. Build the, be the billboard. Exactly. So I don't know if we use a lot of billboards nowadays, but aside from that, <laughs> all right, Jason, this is a great, th- this is a great conversation. Do you have any final plugs for your website, any social media that the, that the users can, uh, listeners can reach you guys at? Man, they, they can, they can check us out on, on Instagram. We're under new frontier fit right now. They can read about it, check it out. They can look at the website and everything. You have to experience it. Nice. That's the difference. Jason, it was great talking to you. And uh, like I said, the, the, the users will definitely check out. Put in the show notes for it. Oh, no, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we got a website, which is, what is it now? It's uh, www.fitco.ca. F-I-T-C-O.ca. So Fit Company. Excellent. Good job. Well, thank you, Jason. Hey, no worries, man. Listen, and you know what the, the next podcast should be? Your, your clients should see you working out here. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. I might be in part two. In part two, exactly. All right, yeah, Jason. So I just, if I, if I tell the people, man, look, all I have to do is they come out and they will just feel the difference. Excellent. All right, guys. That was our interview with Jason Batiste. Uh, it was a really fun interview, and you can really feel the passion in his voice about how he talks about trying to motivate others to hit that next level. You know, what sticks out to me is that uh, you got to live that part. That's my fa- one of my favorite lines from the episode. Uh, because especially when you're running your business, you got to treat it super seriously, but let that passion really drive you, especially when uh, you hit the low times. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed making it and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the SME Stories podcast, which is owned by Northway Capital Group. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Northway Capital Group.